Bienvenue sur ce podcast de rugby. Je suis Husi et voici mon co-animateur Luc. <laughs> so what did uh, you say? <laughs> I said welcome to that rugby podcast and I'm, I'm Husey. This is my co-host Luke. Oh, look at you. Of course, of course. Oh. France, Francaise, the international language of rugby. Yeah, well, fuck the French. <laughs> it's been a, a disastrous uh, weekend for me, uh, I must say, my friend. And you just sometimes you just gotta stop it, stop and smell the garlic, you know. Ah, beautiful. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's been a disastrous weekend, and now I have to sit here and listen to you speak in French <sighs> and smell garlic. Ah, uh, no, I'm just doing that for the start, mate. I just did it to. <laughs> I'm not going to subject you to that the whole podcast, no, Uncle. because more importantly than the French winning, the fucking Wallabies got up first win of 2023, <laughs> baby. Let's go, World Cup. Here we come. Ah, oh. <laughs> uh, I know it's been it's been pro- possibly the worst possible week for you because of your predictions as well. Um, just a disaster. To events that you foretold have not come to pass. Not a single you're, one. You're the shittest Nostradamus there ever was. Um, <laughs> and look, I mean, I was not much better with. Well, I was. I was. I think there were. I was pretty good, except for my sort of wild prediction of um, Chile beating Japan. Although they didn't do too badly for their first ever World Cup game, Chile. But I think across the board, there are a few people in the rugby world that sort of there were all these storylines swirling around and I think some chickens came home to roost and everyone sort of hit a bit of a reality check coming into the first week of the group stages. Yeah, you're not wrong, but you're not right. Like, this is what the issue is. Like, it's a reality check that doesn't feel like reality because, yeah. like, we look at the like the English and the Welsh and you just sit there and you go, like, Really, like, the teams that they were playing against, I'm probably more disappointed, and we'll touch base on them yeah. as I rock my new Fiji and Jersey. Um, but, yeah, look, I, there, there is, there, it couldn't have been a worse, worse week for my predictions. It couldn't have been a worse week for my All Blacks. Um, but we're gonna, we'll, we'll touch base more on the All Blacks and the Wallabies game um, a bit after, but let's, let's go kind of go through the round and those other games. So, Italy yeah. beat Namibia... Italy, and this is my fear, I guess, a little bit now, like, that first game was so important, in my opinion, not because whoever won it became top of the pool, I don't think that mattered, it just meant that that game against Italy wasn't a risk, and I don't, I think you'd be stupid to count out Italy, even yeah. against the All Blacks or the French, so, um, like, the they looked good against the movie, I know they, they kind of came home strong, but they, they did enough to have me... I wouldn't say shake it. I'm not shaking in my boots, but I'm I'm worried. I'm definitely worried. Yeah. Um, Potential for a trap game for sure. Totally. And then obviously our World Cup would be over. Ireland then uh, smoked Romania, but again, yeah. at halftime, and I don't know why. Well, I mean, Romania scored the first try, which was fantastic to see uh, Ireland down early against Romania. But it was another one of those ones where, like, halftime, I think it was like 33 eight, or they just may have scored to make it 40 to eight. Um, and I was like, look, Romania are going to get beat, and they're going to get beat probably quite well. But I'm impressed by, like, another minnow who's given it a shot, given it a yeah. best effort, scoring tries against the best team in the world. Um, Ireland attack looked good. I will say that. Ireland's attack looked Bundy Arkey. Mm. Like, when 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 the when the Irish played the All Blacks, Bundy Arkey wasn't, like, a non-factor, but he definitely wasn't 
a focal point of the attack. He looked yeah. a little bit slow. Fuck, he looked incredible in this game. And it's not... I don't think it was just bad defense. I think he looked fast. He looked strong. He's going to be a weapon. He was, uh, he was one of my potential picks for when we did our World Cup fantasy draft. I ended up going with the other Irish center, uh, Gary Ringrose there, because I saw some other options open, and then Ringrose just fit what I wanted to do a bit better there. Um, but yeah, Ireland looked uh, looks looks scary. They look like the the, the world number one that they are. Um, you know, because we're leaving the New Zealand and Australia results to last. Uh, I actually want to leave England and Argentina for now Let's and talk about again. Yep. yeah. Uh, Japan beat Chile. Chile though, like Romania, scored the first try in that game, and I think sort of put Japan on notice a bit. This is the one where I thought, look, we don't know much about Chile. They could come in here and they could catch Japan, who's on a bit of a downward dip of form, napping. Uh, but the Japanese, though, were they're showing that they have sort of truly graduated into um, that sort of tier two, pushing tier one of rugby. They're not going to get caught napping anytime soon. Um, they're, they're the kind of team that threatened for second place in a pool. Like they're probably not going to win their pool, but they could they could take second place. Totally. Um, South Africa versus Scotland, low-scoring uh, affair in this one. I actually haven't seen the highlights of South Africa versus Scotland. What can you tell me about this game, my well, friend? Well, if a game could ever be summed up by a few words, it would be South African ball at its best. Yeah. Uh, Looking at the scoreline, it, it looks like it looks like South Africa kicked six penalties and Scotland kicked one. No, well, South Africa did score two tries, but mm. one try was I'm, across a crossfield yeah. kick. I know, I know what you you, you meant as in like theoretically, mathematically, and, yeah, and and like it looked like that could be the result with how South Africa play rugby. Manny Lebok probably set up one of the more outrageous tries. I've given credit where credit is due. It was mm. like a no look crossfield kick. Um, which was quite special. Uh, but other than that, it was South African rugby. Put pressure on you, defend better than you, convert opportunities into points, and they did that. And Scotland never really got going, which I'm disappointed with um, because I felt like this was their this was their World Cup game. Like I, yeah. The, the issue is, and the reason I say that is, I don't see Scotland beating Ireland. Whereas if Scotland had beat South Africa, I could still see Scot uh, South Africa beating Ireland, so it wasn't like, yeah. I didn't feel like this was the game where South Africa was like, we have to win this, because South Africa could beat anyone on their day, I felt like Scotland had to win this, saying yeah. that, there's still a very good chance this pool, Scotland's not over, out of it yet, Ireland could lose to South Africa, Scotland could beat South Africa, South Africa didn't get a bonus point, um, so I think bonus points and point differential are going to be crucial in that pool, um, mm. and with how South Africa like to swap their teams around in, in rotation, it could be could be, it all, it's all still up for grabs, I think, that pool. I think that's a, a good thing to touch on as bonus points is that South Africa didn't get a bonus point there. Um, France didn't get a bonus point in their win either. Um, but also, additionally, New Zealand didn't get a bonus point mm -hmm. and neither did Scotland. Totally. And this is my this is what I said in my predictions. I you know I think Scotland may may wind up doing something outrageous like taking the game off Ireland, but I think they still miss out on the the uh, playoff stages because of this game, because they don't get they didn't get a bonus point in this game, and I think that will come back to haunt them. Totally. Uh, and then let's just touch base quickly on the, the probably the game of the tournament so far, Wales yeah. versus Fiji. Uh, I managed to see the last uh, 20 minutes this morning, 30 minutes this morning, um, what a bloody game to start off yeah. with. Uh, 
That's what rugby's all about, I must say. Mm-hmm. Now, there's still going to be some controversy. There was a lot of yellow cards from the uh, – penalties from the Welsh on their own line, which probably deserved more yellow cards. Um, yeah. Fiji ran for over 1,000 metres, which is unheard of. Wales yeah. made over 250 tackles, an attempt at like 280 tackles. God. Um, I will say a couple of things. I think Fiji were very unlucky, but you make your own luck. And when you run for over 1,000 metres – a, you should score more than probably 26 points, and you should definitely not concede 32 points when you've made another team tackle that much. So that's the first thing. I think if that game happens in the hot, blaring sun of an afternoon, I think Fiji absolutely run all over Wales. Mm. I think Fiji is still very likely in this pool. I would not want to be Australia coming up against them. Purely, again, I think you've got lucky with the draw a little bit uh, because whoever Wales come up against next, they are going to be shattered. 250 tackles in that heat against a hard-running Fijian side. Well, they're lucky they come up against Portugal next. They get uh, a bit of a they get a bit of a break there. If they come up spot. against Georgia, if they get come up against Georgia there, the way Georgia um, played, you know, uh, and I want to, I'm going to get into greater detail with with that game because uh, I did. Uh, watched it all. I didn't watch it all live. I got up early in the morning though and watched it um, before I went and played touch footy and was certainly inspired by some of my Wallabies players. A few chip and chases through, a few Suliasi, Bunavala, Maki, Mark Mark Nwangani, up for the ball, down for the score kind of thing. You know, just casual, casual. It is what it is. You know, um, yeah, I think, I th- yeah, uh, I think Wales have been very lucky in this draw and they're going to. Um, I have a sinking feeling that this game is going to give them second place in the pool and Fiji's going to miss out. Well, yeah, it's Fiji obviously have to beat you or have Wales lose to Georgia now. Um, the big thing was Fiji picked up two bonus points. Um, yes, that's, hu- so that's that, huge for them. That, that, that's, they're, they're reliant now. It's not out of their own hands because they, they still definitely could beat you. It's not. I think Fiji are coming into that tier one like you like you said with Japan tier two definitely yeah. and tier one nation. Um yeah, they look really good. They've just got to score more points and can't concede thirty two. Um was was yeah. about all you can take away from it. So it's heartbreak for me because I think if they win that game, if the bounce of the ball pops up and Semi Rodrada takes it and Titi Talia uh kicks the, the the conversion to win it, you just go, Fiji's got a real chance here to A, not make it, not even just make it out of the pool, but you'd back them against the Aussies they're coming up against too now. But, yeah, that's a, that's going to be a fascinating fixture now that it's pretty much do or die for Fiji. How is Eddie Jones going to play it? Um, a lot to to ponder, I think, for that game. But let's let's jump on to the Aussies game straight away. Yeah. Um, can I just, I'm just going to give one shout out because it's been well said and even I was, I think both of us were a, Probably a little bit confused when we saw Ben Donaldson named at fullback, um, especially with a fit Callaway. Um, Donaldson's not the greatest kicker in the world. It's not like he's a, a 80% sharpshooter. He's a good yeah. kicker, probably better than Carter Gordon, but not outrageously better. What a fucking game he had. Um, yeah. He looked... It was his field kicking. It was his field kicking that was the difference. He added a third member into the rotation of Carter Gordon and Noangani Tawase. So one of them, so they, they won the kicking battle and that's, they, and they won the territory. So, you know, Donaldson would take the kickoff, kick down and chase it up. Then Georgia would kick it back. 
Nwanga Nitawase is there, gets the ball, kicks it. Georgia gets it, comes back, kicks it. It's Carter Gordon. Carter Gordon's pinned them down on the like, five-meter line. It's just relentless kicking for field position. But I also want to make a shout-out because I think he's looking in physically physically great condition. Like, yeah. He's always been a bit of a smaller man, but like when he ran away for one of those tries, he was... It was in clear space and gone. I don't think I've ever seen yeah. him look so fast. So I don't know what Ben Donaldson's done. And I, maybe this is why they've ring-resting him up until this point. And they've just, yeah. Eddie Jones has just gone, let's get you. We know we're going to play you at 15. Work on your speed. Work on this. Um, they say he can't th- teach speed, but he got that out. Like He's not that known for being a speedster. No, and he's played some fullback for the Waratahs. Well, that's where he started the year, in fact. I think actually Eddie Jones... Or, or and Donaldson and some of the, his other Waratahs teammates have come out and said that's actually more of his natural position than 10. Um, so, look, I wasn't terribly shocked because he was picked in the squad as a utility, so he could go 10 or 15. I think it was about getting some uh, meters on his tread, uh, you know, because Kellaway has played in a couple of games now. Donaldson hadn't played in any games, hadn't played since the Waratahs season ended. So I think it was about getting some... Uh, contact on his shoulders and some meters in his legs uh, and against a team that, you know, they're not the Portugal of the pool where you might not learn anything by beating them, but they're a team that you expect to beat. Um, but I, I want to say like everyone, there's been a lot of chatter about, Oh, Australia didn't absolutely demolish Georgia. Like we, they should have put 80 on them. Like the Irish put on Romania, Georgia and Romania, are two different classes of teams, and it just shows that a lot of people out there in the media haven't been paying attention to Georgia and what they've been doing and who who they've beaten as well, totally. right? So I think it's a bit of disrespect to the Georgians there. Um, I, I will say it was nice to be on the side of things where we weren't the most ill-disciplined team on the pitch. <laughs> you know, um, it was nice to to see another team make those mistakes. It's not just a pure Wallabies trade, and I think that was tightened up a bit in this. Um, Will Skelton, a great, great captain's knock, seems to be really pulling together uh, everyone in the team um, and and getting them on the same page. Like, it seemed like a much more unified Wallabies effort. I mean, that's easy to say in a win. You know, a, a win makes everything better, but uh, it, it, seem, it, it seems like that, that everyone's sort of more on the same page. Um, I still think I'm questioning uh, Vunavalu's place in the squad a little bit. I'm not sure if, uh, I, I think the one to say Corabete, uh, your prime wingers. I don't, I don't really see much of a role for Vunavalu other than, I guess, like injury cover, I guess. Um, yeah. When, when they sort of reshuffle the back line in this one, it, it, it it's, it's, then things became a bit clunky for me. Um, and it gave Georgia a few more opportunities as well. See, I don't know. I, I, I'd rather look. If you need to shift someone on as a replacement winger, put on Kellaway. Put on Jorgensen, right? I think for me, they they provide more upside than Bunavalo does. And if you're looking for leaping ability, Nwagani Tawase has it in spades. Has it in spades. Um, so, yeah, look, he, he's definitely improved slowly, Bunavalo, but for me, still, I, 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 don't, I don't see a role for him that couldn't be done better by other players. I guess, yeah. Um, I can't comment too much because I didn't, uh, I've only watched extended highlights. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't see a play, a, a time or a place where it's not Korobiti and no one going to need to say. Uh, and then if you go Donaldson at 15, then Callaway on the bench. I think 
Yeah. Similar to um similar to what they've done with Donaldson getting get in front of Alu just as much game time. They'd have caught a bit to, or no one no one was to go down. Bunivalu could step up, and he's got that X factor to him. There's no doubt about it. There's yeah. there's special ability in those legs, and I guess how old is he? He must only be like 27, 26. He's young. Like I'm sure he finished school after me. Bunivalu. Yeah. He is 1995, so he's 27. 27. He's turning 28 in November. And I think yeah, definitely in two years against British and Irish Lions, his trajectory. You know, if he keeps keeps improving on his game, he's really yeah. like you know because he went to school in New Zealand and played union, and then obviously made the transition over to league, and is only you know coming mm-hmm. back. I still think there's potential there, but again, I think you're like like you've said, you've got two world class wingers there that are in front of him quite clearly. Yeah, um, but I, I do like what you said. Like Georgia is a good team. I think you, you have to be, you can't be picking and choosing. At the Rugby World Cup, you yeah. will take a bonus point win against a top twelve ranked team in the world, where you hadn't won a game this whole year. Like yeah. just to get something going, some momentum for a Rugby World Cup campaign is so big. Like hundred percent, you can't ignore the fact that that hey, we ticked we ticked a massive box. We won. We know what it feels like to win. Not only do we know what it feels like to win, we can do it. What's that going to do for the headspace of the team? It's just going to be leaps and bounds. And I think, actually, there's another result that's really benefited us, and that's the England-Argentina result. Because it means that we will match up potentially... If Australia tops the pool and then England and Argentina win out from here, it means Argentina's second in the pool. Now, we should have beaten them earlier this year, if not for some dodgy refereeing. Again, not our finest effort, but... We should have come out on top. You know, after all this building, after the sides of reshuffling, more players getting more experience, I think that's a better matchup for Australia than England, potentially, because I think England have definitely, you know, even though they're Eddie Jones-less at the moment um, and they're not the most stable ship, they've certainly proven in recent years that they've had the advantage over Australia. So I think the Wallabies would much rather play Argentina in a quarterfinal than they would rather play England. Yeah, let's let's move on to those English, shall we? Yeah. Um, interesting, a very interesting mm. game. I think out of all the teams in the Rugby World Cup who will be most disappointed after the first game, Argentina will be the most disappointed for yeah. having an extra man for nine uh, for seventy seven minutes mm-hmm. and not getting a win over England. They will be very disappointed. Yeah. What I saw from England, though, was, I think, really, really smart. Just Mm. incredibly smart. Like, let's take away from the fact that we haven't been playing that well and let's just focus on one thing at a time, and that's the scoreboard and scoreboard pressure. And this is what a good England team is. This is is the English ball. You know what I mean? You know, they have baseball and cricket. This is the English ball and rugby where... They will just tick over points and say scoreboard pressure, scoreboard pressure, scoreboard pressure. We don't care if it comes in freeze like they did with George Ford. We don't yeah. care about drop goals or penalties. We will do it all and we will just tick that over and we'll get the win and get out of there. And I was so impressed because what I think, and, and it has probably been hard for Borthwick, is he probably looks at a style of play and goes, you know, like any coach, I want to play an attractive style of play. 
and I want to play attractive footy and we want to win games and it's probably come back to bite them a little bit because that's just not English. You know, they're not attractive. Mm. So what he's decided is, you know what? We just need points. All we need is points. If we can turn field position and territory into points, we will win games. Look, our pack hasn't been good enough for the first um, you know, half of this year since he's taken over. Let's just go to our, our experience first five and rack up points. And that's what they did. And I just think it was a genius solution to a problem that England were having. And I just go, you know, they've got to be, you know, praised for deciding to go down this route. I've, it's not attractive rugby. It's not what you probably want from rugby. Like I sit there mm. and I go, you could choose a game and you saw England versus Argentina. You've probably got more eyes than that than you have Wales and Fiji. But if you actually went back and wanted to watch an actually interesting game, watch Wales and Fiji. So look, Commend yeah. them for winning and commend them for playing England ball. It's not attractive, but it wins your games and can win your Rugby World Cup, and that's what they're here to do. 100%. 100%. They needed a result, especially after all of the talking heads like yours truly in the aftermath of that Samoan game were looking and questioning England. We were. We were. We thought England was going to come second in this group. I mean, there's, there's still plenty of time left, but look, they uh, they've they've woken up. I guess and I feel like this is the case for a lot of teams here in this World Cup. They've reached the World Cup and it's sort of switches are being flicked in the teams that typically perform well in the World Cup. They're in familiar territory. They know what they're doing. They know what they need to do to get to the next step. Um, and they're, they're, they're doing what they need to do. Saying that, a team that hasn't flicked the switch, that normally flicks, is all, flicks all the right switches at a Rugby World Cup, who could you be talking about? My All Blacks lost their first ever pool be- game. I, I don't know how this normally feels. We don't lose pool games, and we lost a pool game. Ah, oh, my my sweet summer child. Oh, that was a tough watch, you know. Imagine yeah. just going out I got up for I got up for that game to watch it. I got up out of loyalty to my co-host. I said, damn it, I will get up at the for the first game. Of the, and also, it's the Rugby World Cup. It's a kickoff for the Rugby World Cup. Damn it, I will get up for this game to to watch his prediction play out, to see some uh, arrogant French players humbled, but it was not to be. It was not to be. Yeah, I, I went out on a big night Friday. I was uh, having some drinks with some friends, which we'll talk about later. Um, and I got home at about 2.30 a.m. Yeah. So good old, had the mattress out in the living room so I didn't wake the missus up. Um, still managed to wake right. her up, of course, um, and slept for three hours, just under three hours. Mm. I was up and about, ready to go, watching the All Blacks, watching Captain Artie Savia lead us into battle. Now, first half and first five minutes of the second half, I sat there pretty happy with life. Not, I think I was most happy that I sat there and I was like, we can beat the French. Like, even if it didn't pan out and we had lost, mm. I was like, I was nervous that we weren't going to be able to beat the French. Um, the last time we played France, in France, we lost 40 to 25. You know, hadn't had a good result there. I was like, you know what, we can beat the French. And then it just started to go downhill. And I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, but for a team that prides itself on second-half slaughters yeah. and what the All Blacks do... I just sat there and I went, we fell apart. Um, obviously, the Will Jordan yellow card deserved a yellow card. It, hard to watch. Um, 
because it does suck, but it, it deserved a yellow card. We, like, I'm not, we, we, we both have shared this. We're not fans of Yako Piper as a ref. Um, the penalty count was 12 to 4. Um, but I don't mind 16 penalties in a game. I don't think you can complain too much about. No. I think we were also ill-disciplined at times and deserved the penalty count. I don't think he refs a good game, but I definitely don't think he's to blame for the All Blacks loss because we... He doesn't make he doesn't make it an easy watch, I guess. No, like there's that's certain... what I would agree to as well. I, I, I guess for me, it's it's a little bit confusing at times when he chooses to blow the whistle, and but equally sometimes when he chooses not to. Not to blow, yeah. Like there, there are situations where both France and New Zealand in that game, uh, I could have easily seen. I, 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 what I would, what I watched the game with my dad. What my dad said was, if, the, if the either if you know that team had been wearing a gold jersey, that would have been a penalty. You know, <laughs> we're just used to seeing Wallabies get penalties in that situation. And then there's other times where there was one particular penalty where. Uh, someone on your team had the ball. Someone on the French team got under him straight away within a second and without even waiting for any potential shift on the ground for the ball to be able to be sort of put back for New Zealand to play it, he blew the whistle and said, you know, not releasing. For me, I'm like, that's awfully quick, awfully quick. But then other times he was letting it go for a lot longer. And so I think that's the main thing is the inconsistency, which is sort of maddening. Yeah, and and again, like, it's it's definitely not a blame on... Piper, we we didn't we yeah. we we lost that game because of our own ill-disciplined, which I think we didn't react. Which to. is surprising to me, to be well, honest. No, to, this, to is, see that. this is back-to-back weeks now, which is getting is, is nervous, and especially when you're facing a guy like Thomas Ramos, who yeah. just doesn't fucking miss. Like yeah. I know he missed two kicks, but he lined them up, and you're just like, oh fuck, here we go again. Like mm-hmm. you just you know, you, there's a game was going to come down to that, and we have to be better. Like we cannot afford to do that against any of the top four, top five, top six teams. Yeah. Um, other than probably you if you're not starting Ben Donaldson. Um, we we can't afford to do that. So I just sat there and I was just yeah, I was a little bit dumbfounded about the second half. It's not yeah. very all black like. Um, I'm still confident we can win the Rugby World Cup. Um, and I think we've made some correct decisions bringing in Ethan Blackadder for Imoni Nadawai. Um because I don't, I think Tupavai was just a little bit out of place at number six, which is not a natural position for him, especially at test level. I also sat there and I went, along with the penalties, we fucking dropped so much pill, which is not normal for an All Blacks team. Mm. And especially in that second half, it just built on us. Like We won the possession battle, but we, we by far lost the ter- territory, territorial battle. And yeah, I just... I'm, I'm, I don't really know what to say. Like, I think we can still do it. Like, I sat there and I was like, after yeah. 55 minutes, we can beat that French team. Okay, if we can beat the French team, I know we can beat the South Africans. The Irish team is like the last one. Um, and I would rather lose that game than lose a quarterfinal. Um, but, I, 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 yeah, I, I'm, I'm lost for words a little bit. It doesn't yeah. happen to us All Blacks fans all too often. I, I'll say as well, there was some... Off kicking from Richie Boonga as well, which you're not used to seeing. Um, and there are other t- times when he just looked his usual brilliant self as well. So I guess in- inconsistency across the board for the All Blacks was probably probably something that cost you a little bit. Yeah, I guess if, when I look back to a, a really good performance of ours, and that was that South Africa win at Mount Smart in the Rugby Championship where they sent over a team early for it pretty much. And I go, 
all of our general play kicking was so on point in that game. We had the perfect kicks. Will Jordan was contesting everything in the air. And it's just like we haven't had a good kicking game since that. Like, I think we played... Yeah. I know we played you in Melbourne, but um, Carter Gordon had an off night rather than us having a great night with, with kicking. Mm. Uh, then we had you in Dunedin where I think we struggled, um, and that's what let you into the game. And then Twickenham where we never even got into a position to have attacking kicks or win the kicking duel. So I just go... That game, especially in the second half, reminded me lots of the semi-final against England in 2019 where mm. we're waiting for some brilliance to come over and take over the game and win us the game. And if it's not there, what the fuck do we do? So, scary. Scary times ahead. Mm. Um, but I still think we can do it. And I still back the boys yeah. to go all the way, as I should. 100%. Two... Little final points for this one. Now, we haven't touched base on this because we've obviously had a lot of top... Actually, three points um, because I haven't bought something in the run check, but we'll discuss it. Three points. So, I, we didn't discuss this one, but it happened against the All Blacks at Twickenham where South Africa went to the 7-1 bench split with seven mm -hmm. forwards and one back. I would like to hear your opinion on this because I've got my own opinion and your thoughts on the 7-1 split. Uh, I mean, I don't... <laughs> To me, I don't really have an opinion. I'm not. I, I. I. I know there's a lot of overreactions. I would say to this. For me, it's it's within the laws of the game, and that's what smart teams do: is they play within. The, it's a classic South African thing. They <laughs> they look at the laws of the game and figure out a way to use it to their advantage. And it's smart. There's a reason why they've won three World Cups and are defending champions. You know, it's it's classic South Africa ball kind of thing. You know, work out how to play within. Uh, within the scope of the laws and do what best suits your team. For me, it's like, look, they, it's a, it's just a risk. It's again, it, you know, we were talking about the six-two bench split before, and it's it, again, it's like a risk. You you make that you if you if you take that if you take that risk, you've got to live with the consequences. And they were fortunate that they didn't have to sort of find any consequences in there. Now, as well, rugby is we see we've seen it with the Wallabies team where we have players labeled utility, right? That they can fill multiple positions, right? And there are some forwards that could play some back positions and so on and so forth. I think positional versatility is becoming a higher and higher prized trait. So rugby's, I guess, becoming slightly more positionless. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's becoming overly that, but I think it, the, the lines are being blurred a bit more. And so really a seven, one bench split, just because something's their primary position doesn't mean that's all they can play, you know? So, totally. um, yeah, I, for, for me, I, I feel like it's just a, uh, a bit of an, a, an, a mountain out of a molehill type situation. Totally. I, I'm, I'm glad you uh, think the same way I do. And I'm mm. not surprised to be honest. Um, yeah. Because I sat there and I was like, this is an overreaction for a team that's willing to take a risk and yeah. has reaped the rewards of taking that risk. And I think Eddie Jones put it quite well when he said, we'll eventually see them do an 8-0 split. They, the South Africans will trial that out at some point where they name eight forwards and they have a forward who knows is very much like your Josh Kameni, mm. who can play a little bit on the wing if need be. And I go, we should not punish teams for you know, using their initiative and trying something like this out. I... I, I the only thing I would mention and the only negative I want it stated is 
I wouldn't want this to filter back to younger rugby or mm. club level rugby so much. And it's not like club level rugby. Like, if you're a grown ass man, you're a grown ass man. This is what we you do these things. If you're a professional rugby player, you they, these coaches are paid to make these decisions. I don't want some skinny little kid missing out on a rugby team because they've gone, yeah. oh, we need a 6 2 split on, or a 7 1 split on our backs um, versus yeah. forwards on there. But again, this is professional fucking rugby. You're paid to do a job, and these coaches have decided this is their job. Um, and again, two back injuries, I would say, I would imagine there's what, 0.5 an injury per game, you know, like when you average it all out. So, mm. you know, you just need that, you know, a slightly above injury rate per game until your backs, and fuck, what do you do? Like, imagine you carry, an, you know, you carry a nine and, um, or carry, sorry, you'd carry just a nine and that's just seven one split and your ten goes down and then the guy who falls into ten goes down. What do you do then? Like, um, yeah, it's, it's Tell you what you do. Tell you what you do. You get Taniel Latupo to play <laughs> scrum half because some of his passes off the ruck were oof, crisp, crisp. Tupo loves a good pass, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I mean, his little offload after getting the, the gift of the century was... Did you see that try? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. so so good. The look of surprise and delight on his face was but actually. Yeah. Can I? Can we touch on this just quickly? The intelligence props aren't usually heralded for their intelligence, and normally when a pass like that goes backwards like that, and there's some confusion around if it's a tackle or not, every single prop goes. I don't want to touch that ball. I might be offside. Yeah. I love the fact that Tanner Tupo went fuck that. That's my ball, and I'm going yeah. the other way and set up a great try. So you know yeah, what it reminds me of. Reminds me of a of a veteran rugby player who stepped in for one game this year for the Knox Old Boys, who found himself in a similar situation with an intercepted ball and set up a match-winning try. It's just, it just you know, shades of the same thing. You know, it just just nostalgia in my mind. It just it's just brought back th- those memories. So what you're trying to yeah. say is you you and Tenella same level. Look, he's about 35 kilos heavier than I <laughs> And he benches a lot more yeah, yeah. than I And scored do. a lot more than you. And scored yeah. a lot more than I have. Uh, and, th- th- I mean, that's just the that's just the beginning of the differences. But, but, but we haven't started with skill levels and we won't yeah, start but, yet. But, but. <laughs> but, but we are similar in our clutch gene is what oh, I will say. We are similar. We have, there's that indefinable, indescribable something that makes a, a great rugby player, you know. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, overreactions from round one. So we've yeah. got one opportunity, one overreaction, each from round one of the Rugby World Cup. It could be a good overreaction, aka the All Blacks are going to win the Rugby World Cup because of what I saw. could be a bad one. Would you like to go first or second, my friend? Uh, I'd like to go second because I'm interested in yours. Cool. Um, I think my overreaction is Wales are going to make a deep playoff push. Okay. Now, the yeah. reason I say that, their defence and what they defended, like the amount of tackles they made, if they can make it out of the pool stages, which is looking likely, they end up with an England versus Argentina in the quarterfinals. One of the two, depending on what happens with their game against you. They then play England or Argentina. If they beat them, they're into a semi-final against one of those top four teams that have had to play one of those top four teams in a quarterfinal. There is a very good opportunity, I think, for Wales if they can get it right and they've got the talent there to make a surprise run and catch everyone by surprise. It's similar to what we said with Fiji, really. Exactly. Because they've beaten Fiji here in this game, thanks to a dropped pass right at the end, 
right? It's completely shifted the dynamic of this World Cup on its head. And I, I, I don't. I actually don't think that's a huge overreaction. I don't think that's that's a that's an overly wild statement. And I, I, I think it was the way they did it. Like it wasn't mm. like they went and blew Fiji off the park and were really good. They just defended their hearts out. And it, what it made me think is they're just as good as Fiji. And if Fiji can, we've sat here and said Fiji can do it. And I know Fiji can still do it, but I think if Wales can show me that throughout. I I thought they were a lot further back than they were, I think. Um, the same with England, but I just think Wales, I think if you sat here and said England could go far in this competition, it wouldn't be that big of an overreaction. I think the Welsh one, you could still see them get knocked out in the pool stage. So, Well, I guess my overreaction is, uh, it's it's hard because there's, there's everything sort of went to script this week. I guess they what you know, except for you guys, I guess. Uh, there's not really too much to that I'm <laughs> that I'm looking at in there. Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. It was still tough. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Look, the moment. Look, you know, I think you're lucky that Scotland's not in your pool. I think you're lucky you've got oh, Italy, yeah. not Scotland oh, in your oh, pool. Yeah. Like we're lucky that, like, if you look at every other third team in the pool. I'm lucky that we don't have to play either Fiji, Wales, or Argentina, or Japan. Um, England Argentina. or Argentina. Japan, England, or Argentina, and then Wales, yeah. Fiji, Australia. We, we, we got lucky. With, uh, no, if, if if Scotland was in your pool, my overreaction would be that you don't make it out of the pool stages. But you're, they're not in your pool, and so I'm not prepared to go that far. Because as good as Italy did look, it was against Namibia, who have one of the smallest populations in the world, one of the lowest population densities of anywhere in the world. Um, I did some research on Namibia this week because I realised I don't know that much about it. I, yeah, I wouldn't be able to tell you much other than their colours and their flag and their South It's one of it's the second largest um, country that speaks Portuguese in the world. The first being Brazil. So there you go. Interesting. Yeah, because it was once a Portuguese colony. I see. And then it was taken over by South Africa at one point, and they had a whole to do there with communists and the Soviet Union stuff, but that's for a different podcast. <laughs> Overreaction. It's really, it's tough. It is tough because, um, because as I say, everything sort of went to script. My overreaction, I guess, is I'm just going to stick to the classic Wallaby one. Is the Wallabies going to the grand final. <laughs> you know, they're going to top the pool. They're going to get a matchup they can win against England or Argentina. They're going to come into a semi-final against a team that's played one of those top four teams. It's been bruised and battered through the wars. They're going to surprise them all. Eddie Jones has a great winning record at Rugby World Cups, and then they're going to make it to the grand final. And as long as you're in the big game, anything can happen. So I'm just going to stick with that, stick to my guns. And yeah, because other than that, I'm not really seeing too much to overreact to. Totally. Fair enough. And... It's a, it's a good yeah I guess I wouldn't say yeah like you like like mine it's still you we, mm. we reached probably before the um, World Cup to say that the Wallabies were going to win it um, and it still yeah. probably is an overreaction but it's definitely come down a little bit now that you've won a game yeah. this year so this week um, this round should I say in week two round two France versus Uruguay New Zealand versus Namibia. Samoa versus Chile, Wales versus Portugal, Ireland versus Tonga, South Africa versus Romania, and the two big ones um, on Monday morning, Aussie versus mm. Fiji, which is a must-win for Fiji, you'd think, and England versus yeah. Japan, where we'll see how good both of those two teams really are. England versus Japan, classic noughts and crosses. 
<laughs> You're not wrong, bud. Yeah. Um, so we do have some big news, though, that we are going to yes. share on the podcast. Um, obviously, after the All Blacks' disappointing loss, I've decided that they need help and they yep. need some serious help. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over to France undercover as a secret agent. Yep. I'm going to make friends with the French team. And I'm going to do all the secrets, make friends with the South Africans, and I'm going to deliver that back to the New Zealanders. No, I am yeah. actually moving to England uh, yeah. on the 24th. So we've got one more podcast in Australia before I move to England for a couple of years. The podcast will be continuing. Don't you worry yeah, about of course. that. Yeah. Um, but I will be in the thick of the Rugby World Cup. I will be delivering... Live reporting sh- from the ground. Exactly. I'll be delivering news straight to QZ straight hot off the press um, as I get to watch some live footy. So that will be taking place for Sunday, the 24th of September. Um, but, yeah, I get to go over yes. as a secret agent and make sure I take down the Rugby World Cup from the inside so that the All Blacks and Wallabies play in the final. It's basically yeah. what we've done. This is what we've yeah. done. It's, it's Look, I mean, uh, you know, I know you're not going to do any favours to the Australian but any time that you can sabotage the French and the South Africans, it benefits everyone globally. So, um, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting coordinating with the time zones, but we'll make it work for the fans out there. We totally will. Um, but yes, one more in Australia, so don't worry. We'll be back yeah. again next week, same place, same time, to run you through everything that's happened in week two yeah. of the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. Would you like me to take us out this time? Yeah, go on. Take us out. One second. I need to... Pierre's coming back. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah? Alter ego. French alter ego. (laughs) Oh, wee wee. There he is, eh? Pierre. Oh, bonjour, monsieur. Oh, wee wee. Wee wee. Ah. C'est le bon. It is my old friend, Pierre. All right. Well, uh... C'est tout de nu ici sur ce podcast de rugby. Nous vous reverrons la prochaine fois. See you later. <laughs>